Christopher Cooper's Mild Ale. Triple M rocks the ashes. G'day, it's Gus Warland. It was an entertaining day at the Triple MCG, and we had a lot of fun in the commentary box. So grab a Cooper's Mild Ale and enjoy our favourite bits from day two, starting with Isabel Westbury, Mark Taylor and Callum Ferguson. Wow, how, how good is he? I didn't recognise <laughs> wow. myself in the mirror before. Oh, I would. <laughs> Where would you hide that from? Uh, Greg Blewett, straight out of Greg Blewett's <laughs> wardrobe. Need to, you're tiny, you're tiny. Funnily enough. Your tie needs a bit... A bit tighter. Yeah, a bit tighter. Hot. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> a bit loose, you know. For very sharp, though. Yes, well, I've got a little bit of time. Day. I mean, if you're going to be on telly, you've got to... Thanks, Izzy. I'll just keep the you right just near me at all times. Try and keep me on track. Oh, only 1.5 metres away, thank you very much. Yeah, that's right. That's, mm. that's as close as we need. Just keep an eye on my wardrobe for me. I think we have an esteemed listener. Oh, we do. Absolutely. Greg Blewett's obviously caught wind through the, the broadcast that I'm wearing his suit at the moment, and he's a little worried, I reckon. He's asked who's wore it better. And, uh, <laughs> Do we need a side-by-side picture? We, 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 we might do. need to, actually, but, uh, yeah, it's a, a little loose around the chest and the and the tummy region. Whoa, he hasn't got a right so. to reply, Bluey. I feel that's, that's a bit harsh, that one. <laughs> what about thighs and, and, and lower legs, the calf area? Yeah, a bit it's a bit, bit tight around my quads and yeah. also calves. Well, you, we used to call Glenn McGrath pigeon because he mm. reckoned they had pigeon legs. Some pigeons yeah. out there flying around and couldn't land because McGrath had his legs. Yep. Well, Bluey's in the same category. Mm. He's got real chicken legs, hasn't he? Yeah, oh, Dad, I don't know. I never feel comfortable when there's no right of reply. We need, we need to have a text back oh, pretty quickly. We'll be back at That's some stage, See what he says. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Howard and Mark Taylor. And it takes me back to the days where Swampy would get knocked over or Michael Slater would get knocked over and your little chest would puff out a bit. You're right. <laughs> I'm the man here. Once again, it's all up to me. Occasionally, yeah. it's come, it come good with him, mate. We need to discuss some of your opening partners and what they've been like out in the middle. Okay, quick question for you. How yep. many opening partners did I have test cricket? Just give me a number. Oh, I will go five off the top of my head. No. I only really named two off the top of my head, though. Yep. So opening partners for M.A. Taylor. So you said five. Well, it's yeah. more than that. Right. Well, I'm not going to be able to name any more than that. I can tell you now. <laughs> Harris. He's punching a full ball straight back to Anderson. So he had, obviously... Jeff Marsh. Yep. Well, if, if I tell you firstly the number, it's okay. nine. Nine? Nine. Well, I'll get Marsh. Marsh. I'll get Slater. Yep. You would have opened with DC Boone. Boone, yes, three. <laughs> I've started to draw a blank <laughs> on the next six, to be honest, Dub. have got six to go, mate. Right. <laughs> six more. Yep. I'll just delay that for a moment, because I've got a question for you on David Boone, who I saw out in the middle, the match referee. Man out of Tasmania. I noticed about the match referee this morning, which took me back a little bit. David Byrne is sporting what can only be called a diamond earring. Yeah. And he's got a watch that looks like it's out of sort of East LA. Real gangster material, which I didn't expect from the man from Tasmania. Yeah. So the, 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 the big stud. In the ear. Wow. For David Byrne. So who else did you open with? Um... Well, Matthew Elliott from here. Oh, Matthew Elliott. Yeah. Of course, until Mark War ran into him. Yeah. We're running through Mark Taylor's I'll, opening partners. I'll give you a couple of harder ones, a couple of Western Australians. Western Australians. Yeah. Valletta? Did he get a run? Valletta, yeah. Valletta got one. a run. Yeah, yes. Mark Watt. Only a test or two. Okay. And then that's the short one, real tall one. Oh, long Tom Moody. Tom Moody. There you go. Yeah, no, one, a couple there two then. Tests, yeah. So we're up to about six or seven yeah. now. I'm, I'm trying to remember myself now. Valletta won a World Cup in 87 yep. under Alan Border. Yep. If you can't figure him out, I won't be able to. 
Who else you got? Uh, a one-test cricketer who played one test and shares the name with another test cricketer from South Australia who was a keeper. Phillips. Wayne Phillips. Yeah. The Victorian Wayne Phillips. Yeah, Wayne, the Victorian Wayne Phillips played in Perth when um, uh, Jeff Marsh was dropped. Right. Yeah. And they gave him one test. One test. Yeah. yeah that's a bit stiff. Yeah. How many did he make in his one test? Not enough, obviously. Not, obviously not enough. We went to Sri Lanka after that. I think that's where Tom and Moody and I opened the batter. Right. In the Sri Lankan series. So who's the, who's the, who's the last one? Uh, Mark Wall. Mark Wall. You opened a test yeah, match I with me. Only in an inning somewhere. I think okay. we're chasing a few runs. Right. So now I'm going to put this to you and then I want an answer. I don't want to sit on the fence. I want you to stew in it over the break. Who is your favourite? Opening part. Oh. Think about that. Think about all the people that will be listening. <laughs> so, so my favourite. Uh, I've got to say two. Well, I'll tell you my favourite first to put you off the hook. Okay. I love watching you walk out with Slater. Yep. Like, I love Swampy Marsh yep. and what you did in 89, but when Taylor and Slater would walk out, you'd have you getting the job done and Slater defrayed his first ball, the ashes, bang, four. He'd get you up and about with Michael Slater. Yeah, well, they're the two names that come to mind. Jeff Marsh was my first opening partner. We had a terrific 989 Ashes series together and a couple of good years together. Slats and I, I go back to Wagga. Michael Slater. I played with his brother, Julian Slater. Was he any good? Yeah. yeah under, he was our under-14s Lake Albert Cricket Club captain. Was he? Julian Slater, yeah. And, and Michael was only about eight. He's sort of five years younger than me. And he was a pest because he always wanted to play with us in the backyard. We are trying to get rid of him. <laughs> that didn't work. Yeah. yeah, so to go on and then years later open the batting with, uh, with Slats and uh, National Series and big uh, Boxing Day test matches. It was great fun. Um, we actually, after the 93 Ashes tour, Slats and I went back to Wagga, and they had a ticker tape parade down Baylor Street and Fitzmaurice, I think, of the two main streets. For the two of you? The two of us. <laughs> after 93 Ashes. That's yeah. nice work. Yeah, so a bit of a shout-out to Mick, who's struggling at yeah. the moment. People who obviously follow the cricket news will know things aren't going Keep in touch with him. Yeah. So uh, I hope he's listening. Uh, I hope he's well and getting better all the time. So, Absolutely. Uh, no, it, was, it was great fun to wait. But as I say, we're very different characters. Slats was that aggressive right-hander and I was the stodgy left-hander. Uh, how did you used to handle him when he got into the 90s? Because he did get knocked over in the 90s <laughs> quite often, Michael Slater. He used to break my heart. Would he get frenetic? Would he, would he get upbeat and up-paced during those 90s or it was just unfortunate? Slats was always frenetic. Right. Yeah, it just more got, then? He got more frenetic. Right. Than it was. The, the eyes rolled a little bit more in the 90s, yeah. But um, I think because he was so passionate about the game and playing the game that... Um, He'd get to that 90 and he'd, he'd all of a sudden he'd start looking at the scoreboard. Oh, and those last 10 were like murder for him. Where, you know, the first 90 were just, I oh, hit the ball and uh, enjoy it. All yep. of a sudden he's like, oh, no, I'd like to get 100. Dan Ganane, Merv Hughes and Callum Ferguson. I, I've got to say, I saw just moments ago, one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Mm. And it happened right here. Cal, you're doing uh, some presenting, obviously, for seven. He's t- you've turned up in a suit. Yes. Take it from there. Well, it was a pretty hectic morning, Dan, and uh, word was getting around that Seven needed a couple of extra, ha- you know, f- hands on deck. So, so you raced put your hand down up. here, put my hand up, uh, and I had to get my, you know, suit on quite quickly and my tie, and it was all a bit rushed. But when I really got down to trying to just polish a turd. <laughs> For the little details, I, I went to the only man you could go to in the, that situation, Dan. All right, well. So I felt like I really just needed to polish things up, just finish it, finish the job with the preparation for 
the day's play with both Triple M and Seven. So there was only one man for the job, just to get the final details right. And when it comes to fashion, there's only one man in the Triple M box, and that's Merv Hughes. He just took it upon himself. He did. He ripped your tie apart. He said, yep. that's not good enough. Well, the, the yep. tie knot was a bit chunky. Everyone has to learn how to tie a double Windsor. It's not that hard. But and just the... Didn't he do a wonderful job? The almost Ooh. arrogance to, in one go, double Windsor, get the length perfect, the knot is pristine. It is. How did you learn how to do that, Merv? Well, probably the one thing I learned at school, to be honest. Well, I didn't learn it much else. <laughs> you could give courses in how to well, tie it was exceptional, first, We couldn't believe it. We were just when I first amazed got at the, the technique. Because Cal was going, how naturally it Merv, stop it. When he was starting to pull it apart, going, stop it, stop it. I need this for work. Like, I can't understand people who wear a tie knot just around twice, up and through. That's just lazy. It's just not considerate of the people that have got to look at a tie knot. One, that's one of my bag be- bug bears is a shit tie knot. Can't <laughs> that's bear. fair enough. The bag bear. Bag bear. Bug yep. bear. Bear bug. Back. Were you a tidy dresser on the field, Merv? I'd no, like pretty to sloppy. You were untucked. You were all over the place. James Brayshaw, Brad Hodge and Brad Haddon. Well, I'll tell you what happened in my absence. Obviously, <laughs> I had to just wait until my negative test came through. There was some open theft hats. Really? I looked at, well, I looked at the dodgeball on television and I thought, geez, that suit looks familiar. <laughs> Didn't I? <laughs> and, geez, that shirt looks familiar and that tie looks familiar as well. Just helped yourself, didn't you? We said yesterday, Hads, that when, when we were cricketers, we wanted to aspire to be the legend, Dean Jones. And I also said that as a broadcaster, I aspire to be James Brayshaw. So you know what? Whacked his jocks and his suit on and out I got. Cattle prodded for Channel 7. How many times did you help yourself to the legend's gear? Pads and gloves and bats and things. Never. That's my point. Jimmy, sorry, I'm pretty close to you here. I'm wondering, did you get a rub down or something before you came to the G today? No. I, I, I can smell Denker rub. No, that's that, the anaesthetic that they clean this right. stuff here. They clean your mic with, given these COVID times. Right. The eucalyptus spray. I thought you may have gone down to the local footy ground and rubbed the hamstrings and thought you may have been a good footy player again. Trevor Barker Oval, yep. just around the corner <laughs> from me. No, there's a short answer right. to that. Cool. I hope that smell's not what Hodgie left on your suit. Oh, no. Could be. Oh, you're, right, you're smelling his own BO. No, that one's going straight into the dumpster. You don't, know what, you, you don't want to know what's on that no. suit hats now. You are one of the best sweaters in the world as well. No, you, the, down want... the back of that would be soaked. No, I've improved, actually. I don't know what it is. For some reason. That doesn't happen too often anymore. Well, living a life of leisure, Dodge, that's why. <laughs> a commentary change coming up, how he's going to be in control. and Then we got the same bloke twice. In Greg Blewett and Callum Ferguson, it's quite extraordinary. It's the, 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 <laughs> actually the same person. How often do you see him in the same room? I, I tell you what, Fergie's highlight of his test match was when he put Bluey's suit on today. He was smelling it. I seen him off the, in the back of the box. <laughs> yeah. He enjoyed every moment of that today. Stole he didn't his want shoes, to give it back. Stole his belt. <laughs> Robinson. His identity. <laughs> to Harris. No, they've long had a. Well, it's beyond a bromance, these two. It's quite unnatural. See if he can tuck into his bank account later, too. That'd be pretty healthy, wouldn't it, JV? No, they're good boys, and Howie will keep them under control. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes.
Mark Howard, Greg Blewett and Callum Ferguson. Now, what happened this morning, Bluey? Uh, JB said that uh, your man, Fergie, took your suit, took your shoes. He forgot to mention that he took your job for a period there. Yeah, concerning. Um, I could just sense that he was trying a little bit harder mm. as well. Like, he, Test debut on There calling. was just that little window, um, not only with Triple M, but also Channel 7. He, and he, I think he, he saw a hole and he drove straight into it. Mm. So I was a bit disturbed by... The whole shoes and the suit and the belt, you know, wearing the same clothes is a bit off. It's a bit weird. Uh, we've got stats through, though. For it's Anaconda, too, Howie. Yep. Yeah, for Anaconda, who's wearing Bluey's suit better, Bluey or Ferg? Bluey, 27%. Ferg at 73%. The more effective dresser in your suit. Can I just uh, can I just question that as well, Howie? Go on. Because... Ferg's done the whole blue steel, like yeah. he's put the proper pose in, yep. and they've got a shot of me, you know, mid-commentary, mid-sentence, so I'd like a, a rider reply. An unusual shot of you, Bluey, because somehow the angle looks like you do not have a chest. I don't know if that was photoshopped your chest out of the photo, I don't know what happened. I have to admit as well, Howie, has, the Christmas has caught up with me a right. little bit, the... the the chest is not quite as firm as it used to be. It's I get sunk. a bit of a, I get a little bit of a wobble up when I, if I walk upstairs quite quickly, I can just feel a bit of a bobble. So there's I some feel work like to your, do. I feel like your mood's taking a bit of a bobble too yeah. over the last little bit. It seems like you're taking it well. Flatten right off, Louis. <laughs> well, it's not easy as it's edged along the ground a bear so It's not easy, Fergie, when you're used to being, as Bluey has for his entire life, the best looking man in the room, and all of a sudden. He trains off a bit. You come in, you take his shoes, your suit, and his job, and you're a good-looking man, and all of a sudden he's realising that maybe his career is not as solid as he thought. Mm. But you obviously had to have a, positive, a COVID test this morning. I did. Everything all, was okay. In all seriousness, yep, yeah. We had, so there was a, a positive result that came back yesterday. So yep. a lot of us did a, a PCR test at the ground, uh, most of us sort of mid-morning around about lunch. Someone's test came back positive. We don't know who. Hopefully so it was like a, yep. someone in our crew. So it might, I don't know whether it's behind the scenes or what's happened. Uh, so we got the message through late last night, and I saw the message this morning. So we went and had a test and had to wait for the result to come back. And so the, the results that came back negative, we were able to get to the ground uh, this afternoon. So That's good news. So the flip side of that was Channel 7 did a fine job to get a, a new commentary team here to get ready for their broadcast which we'll get to in a moment. We had a similar situation in Adelaide with a member of the Fox cricket crew that tested positive, and that great man, he's unfortunately still in a hotel in South Australia this Christmas with his families and his loved ones mm. due to a positive case, which meant we all had to get tested numerous times to keep yep. everybody safe. So when do you get the call, Fergie, that you're being elevated from the Big Bash coverage to your test television Yay. debut? Mm. Congratulations, did a fine Thank job. You. More reports. Appreciate that. Did you get a call up or, or what happened? As uh, Leach comes in again to head? Yeah, it's not quite the call up that you get when uh, you get your baggy green and Rod Marsh is on the other end of the phone letting you know that you're, you're heading down to Hobart. I woke up a little groggy this morning after doing one of the BBL games last late night one. as well. Yeah, not quite the late, late shift, okay. shift but uh, the late shift. So I then opened my phone up whilst it was buzzing off the bedside table. To 67 WhatsApp messages and 23 text messages. <laughs> and you thought to work something out. was up. So I just got a little whiff that something was a misflu. <laughs> Did the heart rate go up a little bit, Ferg? Oh, Did you 
snap out of your coma? I'd had about six hours sleep, and let's just say I didn't need a coffee. <laughs> so I quickly chucked on my chinos and buttoned up Tommy Hilfiger shirt and raced down to the ground. Thankfully, there was a rack that said Greg Blewett about twice the size of everyone else's. With oh, well, you left me in the lurch. I've got a story about this too, uh, Howie. Uh, when we get to the next over, look forward to that. So you mentioned the call from Rod Marsh in your test debut. You've done what 99.9% of the country would love to do, the play cricket, male or female. You've played a test match. But Fergie, unfairly for mine, you only got one test match. Do you feel today's stint on television was a one-off or are you going to be able to push on? <laughs> really hopeful. Really hopeful, Howie, that I'm going to be able to make the most of that opportunity. And I feel like I, I got a decent footing. I, I wouldn't say I was a well-beater. I felt like I was solid. You just play through the V, didn't try <laughs> well, to get too flashy? I wasn't trying to get too flashy, no. You don't need to. felt like I got, got behind a few curly ones early and uh, stayed strong and a couple of quick singles and away we went. And so. how hard were you hoping? Obviously that everybody was negative, but I was told that a few members of the fill-in team, my man Andy Marr included, mm. were hoping that there'd be a 24-hour test delay <laughs> so we'd get at least two days of test cricket. Were you hoping it was a delay in the testing? Howie, that's not my style, mate. I'm a team player and I just hoped everyone was okay. And yes, but there was a here. delayed test. Yes, there was. <laughs> there was a delayed test. And you had further wardrobe issues as a result, did you, Blue? Well, I did. Um, so I got here just before lunch and I, Howie, had a little speaking engagement that I had to take care of at lunch. Otherwise known as a cashy. Yes. yes, that's right. But I got here and I, I found a spare suit that didn't fit me very well. Mm. But then I quickly realised that I had no shoes or no belt. Oh, no. As we do, we normally wear fairly casual clothes to the ground. And yeah. then when we get here, we, we change. So I wore, my, um, I wore my shorts and my T-shirt down and a pair of trainers. And so I was... Um, I was scrambling around for some shoes, so I stole Simon Kadich's shoes, his boots, <laughs> and I had to had to get a uh, Trent Copeland belt around the waist, which was skinny. Off I right. couldn't, yeah, but he's he's actually quite wide. Okay. And I had to walk all the way around to the opposite side of the ground, and the pants were so the belt wasn't working; it was just there to you know because it looked good. Because you had to wear a yeah, because yeah. you have to wear a belt. That's right. With the suit pant. Um, and my, and my, my pants were just a little bit short, so the whole boot, Kadich's boots, were, were showing. Um, and I kept, had to keep, like, hoiking my pants up the whole way around. But fortunately, got the job done, Howie, and uh, invoice sent. Well, that's the main thing. I think you're more concerned about not getting your cashier than missing out Channel 7 commentary from the sound of that. Howie, getting back onto the shoe and belt situation. Yeah. That belt was only just okay for me. <laughs> was it really? Hang on, just before you continue, I'm a 32 waist. So what do you reckon you right. are, Ferg? Yeah, you... normally we're about the same, Blue. Right. Throughout my time knowing you, we've always been around the same sort of well, size. I've always been a steady 32. <laughs> right. Sometimes 31 even. Give or take a belt loop, you know, right. loop or two, you know, like just making sure that we're on the same page here. But that belt was a rather large 32. No, I'll tell you what happened. You had Ricky Ponting's belt. Oh. What's our thing? Oh, well, I the belt's you, flying everywhere, Howie. If you want to bring Punter into this. Is he a 34, Ricky? Well, he, he lost a bit of weight lost during the lot, IPL. Mate. Very fit. Ran 10Ks a day. Very he fit. So he's uh, looking very skinny, but he's, he's had a reasonable month since he's been back, Howie. 
careful, criticise him and keep pointing. That's something I'm not going anywhere near. Mm. Andy Lee attempted to go down that path in Adelaide <laughs> yep. and nearly lost his job. I'm rather mm. surprised you've gone be seven you here, Blue. I thought you'd <laughs> try to throw punter under the bus. Yeah, I'd, I'd, there's others I'd choose. Hey, I'm throwing you under the bus. I'm just keeping an eye out You're the one that said there. Ricky Ponting's belt he is too big for you. And now that we're just about to finish our spell, guys, yeah. um, that vote that was going on between myself and Fergie with who wore the suit better, yeah. can, can there be some sort of inquiry into how many times Ferg voted for himself? Can we delve into the, the Look, I'm not sure how deeper? proficient you are in Instagram polls, but uh, you're only able to vote once, so it's all right. You've got to get working to the on with the social media. Bluey. Not exactly Captain TikTok, are you? <laughs> Triple M rocks the ashes. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. Isabel Westbury, Merv Hughes and Brad Haddon. Leaks there, just overcompensating slightly to the leg-sided deliveries. He's bowled already today. He's back around the wicket to green the right-hander. A lot of men do that, is he? Over... Overcompensating. Okay, you, you drew me into that one, thank you. Thank you. You see how I got there, sort of halfway through saying it? I think I, I saw a few comments on social media saying they weren't quite sure how much you could sound of Murph Hughes at 3am in the morning, I was about to say. What about 3pm? <laughs> Dan Ganane, Mark Taylor and Lord Ian Botham. England having a very good day here at the MCG. Sunny skies... Mark Taylor, Lord Ian Botham, we've got a test match. We have. We have very much so. Dan, and I tell you what, it's what everybody wants. Everyone you talk to say, can we have a match? Mm. Well, we might have one here. Yeah. it's got to break your heart a little that the Australian members of the media are happy that England's having a good run here. <laughs> well, I'm not, not everyone. <laughs> Condescending, I would call it. <laughs> Beef. We talked about this just before we came on. Sometimes you need to do an on-air intervention. <laughs> and it's been wonderful getting to know you, Tubby, and we've seen a different side of you here on Triple M Cricket. A midlife crisis beef can manifest itself in many ways, <laughs> Carter. It certainly can. <laughs> Tubby, can you tell us the story you were telling us? Yeah, well, I assume you were alluding to my uh, motorbike scooter licence uh, course I went on. December 23 and 24, yeah, between the Adelaide and the this test match. How old are you? 57. And you're getting a motorcycle licence? Yep. Well, hardly a motorcycle, is it? Well, yeah, well that's the next point. But, I mean, the first thing I thought was, OK, this, he's not getting the sports car, he's not getting the younger lady, he's very happy at home, he's getting he's getting a chopper, a Harley. I thought, OK, well, this no, is... not getting a chopper, no, not yet. I might move into that. Start off with a scooter. A scooter. Scooter, yeah. Do, do you have your leathers on for your scooter? <laughs> oh yeah, you can you can you can pimp it up. Yeah. yeah. You cannot pimp a scooter. And then, and then you can get all sorts of different helmets as well. Hang on. Beef, you captain your country. The captain of a country cannot get around his home city on a scooter. <laughs> he would need to have some form of mask to get away with it around the town. Um, mate, we're in the 21st century now. You know, everything's getting, you know, look after the environment. It's not, it's not easy to park, particularly now that my mate, my first employer is Channel 9 in the media, and, um, and they've now moved to North Sydney. 
nowhere to park the car with my uh, youngest son, Jack. Well, hang on, there's parking stations. Yeah, but the parking station cost me, my younger son, as I said, Jack, who's 26, and he's the instigator of this. Oh, no, no, Jack, leave Jack out of this. Okay, Don't well, throw your son under the uh, bus here. No, because we're getting a... We, we, it's cheaper to get a scooter, and, and you can drive into Deniston Street at, um, at North Sydney and park there for nothing, for free. Tub, you've got all that Fujitsu money. I mean, when did you become? When did you become George Costanza? <laughs> Just looking after the environment. Oh yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> Tubbs, I, th- I think you want more of a sort of Bentley, yeah, something on uh, those lines. Well, I've, so I've got my car license, I've got my boat license. And I just need, I think I need to get my motorcycle license next. It's just another challenge. And then, then, and then maybe do the McGrath and move on to the planes and the helicopters. Now, you've been part of the Nine family for, what, 25 years? Yeah, about that, yeah. And you're telling me you don't get parking, free parking? Well, I do. I do, yeah. So it's all about just using Jack as an excuse to get yourself <laughs> a Vespa. So, Dan, you're worried about me if I get a scooter. I mean, just, just, I just, I'm not sure it's becoming. It's the, look, the look doesn't You just fine. wouldn't see Chapelli. I'm not sure you'd see Tugger. I'm no. not sure. My, see, here's the thing. I can see Michael Clark in one. Is that the image? Oh, gee, hang on there. Okay, I'll go hand it back. Right, now, that, now, that's a sort of sensitive new age guy. That's okay. But I just, <laughs> you, you, AB, would AB get around in a Vespa? No. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Beef. I'm not sure AB would have the balance these days. He would. That's the whole point. He'll do a warning. Warning, what did he do last week with the bike? Yeah, that's right. He yeah. stacked his bike, didn't he? Yeah, a Kamikaze yeah, 1200cc, which he'd yeah, never that's driven stupid. before. Stupid. And suddenly he thought, oh, this wall's coming yeah. a bit quicker. Yeah, and he was showing off to his son, so yeah. maybe that's going to yeah, be Jack's, me. Jack's, Look at me, Jack. <laughs> trying to do wheelies. You know, do you do wheelies on your scooter? You know, no. The, no, no, you see, it's, it's, it's an optimal way of travelling to work. Right. Good when it rains. <laughs> you picked a colour yet, Tub? Sticking like a bright orange, yeah. like or a lime green. So that's your form of defence. You joke about that. <laughs> so you're suggesting I'm, I'm I'm really keen on this colour. Well, I don't know. I reckon it might look alright. I never thought you would have had a scooter, to be honest. So we're <laughs> into a, we're into a different world. Well, I haven't got me. I haven't got me. I've done the two day course. I've got my driver knowledge test on January 11 yeah. after the Sydney test. So yeah. I'm in between commentary stints. I'm going through all the. So what, yes, and what have you? What's the knowledge test? Well, you do a 45 question knowledge test, and you're only allowed to get a couple wrong. If you don't, don't get your license. Don't do that yet. Well, that's probably a way of keeping you off the boat. Yeah. You wait for it. We've been taking the piss out of Tub for 15 minutes. He'll have a missed call from someone from Vespa by the end of the day, looking to give him a freebie. It'll happen. It'll happen. Hey, look what I found here. I was just thinking those colours. What about the Ferrari red Vespa? Well, that's almost manly. Look at that, eh? That's almost becoming of a 57-year-old former Australian <laughs> captain. What's the biggest indulgence, Beef? And, and the Vespa's not that dear in, in the big scheme of things. But in your in your time, you haven't mind living a good life. What's the biggest sort of waste of money, the biggest indulgence? <laughs> the, biggest one, Harry, 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 you, the biggest one. It's a big list. <laughs> Joking, in case you're not But no, but... I don't know. Um, it's a good question. I was thinking for Beefy, what about some of that red wine? I know he loves his red. Yeah. 
How much have you spent on some of those bottles of red wine? In I there? wouldn't call that anything but excellent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well so spent money. Well spent money. Yeah. Good investment. That's right. Well, tell my wife that too. Yeah, she is, my wife knows it's not true now. <laughs> when we moved house a few uh, a couple of months, three months ago, she said, Well, the cellar, where's all the wine? Oh, must have got lost. She um, couldn't, was a bit puzzled because all these cases came in, but very few went out. But actually, my grandson, one of my grandsons, is storing it at his place, and we, we whipped it out, so she didn't see how much there was there. <laughs> See, that's dangerous giving it to your grandson. Oof. It's there to be shared, Tubbs. It's there to be shared. Some of it. Well, <laughs> some of it. A glass. A glass. <laughs> I tell my wife it evaporates. I'm sure it evaporates sometimes. I take the cork out of it, the next morning it's gone. <laughs> By the way, I don't want to get self-indulgent. We've been a bit self-indulgent this session. One of you buggers, not necessarily one of you two, but <laughs> someone in the Triple M team charged about three rounds of grog to my room in Adelaide. I'd, I'd like to give you a clue. Was it you? It wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't B5, it was it? I had yeah. one on mine that I'm sort of a bit strange as well. My guess it would be yeah, a hard uh, with it. He's yeah. got this like big handlebar uh, moustache. Yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon his odds on pop to be the favourite. I've gone $205 for something on the first night. I've gone, I can't remember that. 205 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's got Merv Hughes written all over it. And and what's more, and what's more, he would have said to the bloke, I'll oh, put a tip on it too. <laughs> Go on, treat no one knew what room I was in. Oh, That's an unbelievable guess. Merv thought he knew what room I was in and he put it on someone's room but it wasn't mine. <laughs> That's why yeah. the cathedral suite. <laughs> All right. Well, you could store a few bottles of wine in that room, you know. Yeah, it was good. The Cougars Mild Ale. Triple M rocks the ashes. The Cougars Mild Ale. Triple M rocks the ashes. James Brayshaw and Brad Hodge. So Kez is using the bubble. Yes. Uh, uh, I was playing when they first came out. Yeah. They didn't have that sort of wood attached to them. No, we, well, no, they weren't as good as that, no way. No, these are beautiful blades now, they make it cougar In fact, uh, Lee Watts was dropping a couple oh. of bubbles off at my joint Hello. today, Jimmy. Was he? Yes, because you nicked them all and took them over to Adelaide, what I hear. The hell? We've lost them on the way back. No, come on, that's ridiculous behaviour. Yeah, good blades. Anything out of Kookaburra factories, top shelf. Oh, yeah. Just finishing on Kookaburra, in our day... The bats were made in India and just sent out. Yep. Now they've got Lockie in there who crafts them out the back room. So yep. they've got a bat maker who makes them for all of the pro players. So whatever your specs are, he puts them together. And I've drifted out there every now and then and just had a look at the modern boxes. And I, I, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta confess, I got a trouser chubby. <laughs> Some of the wood back there, my God. Mark Howard, Greg Blewett and Mark Taylor. And the disinfectant we're using to keep COVID away is the Resisto's <laughs> eucalyptus spray and it smells like we're broadcasting from a forest somewhere, yeah. Mark Taylor and Beautiful. Greg Blewett. Don't mind it. That's I've right. actually, actually, I like it. clear in here, it's not too bad, is it? I must admit, it, it wasn't as good in Adelaide. It was the same stuff, but it seemed to be... I know. It seemed to be heavier in Adelaide. Yes, yeah, the Resisto's top ranger, a eucalyptus spray. Kills germs, cleans and freshens. Oh. Are they, are they another sponsor? You no, need that but they your... will be if I keep giving them a plug. <laughs> you need that for your jocks, Tub. Well, it does everything, mate. It, you can fix your car paintwork, your muscular aches and pains, insect bites, antiseptic, laundry pre-wash. You can put it in your pet. 
know how you're dogging spots and stains. It doesn't help you invoice anyone, Tubby, so it's no good for you. <laughs> oh, hang on. But apart yeah, from on, that, we're on. in good shape. Hang on, get out of that glass house again, Harry. Come on. <laughs> What's happening out there, Bluey? New ball, second new ball. Ooh. Strap yourselves in. <laughs> Because I reckon there's going to be some shots played. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some nicks. Will they fly over the, the slips? I'm thinking at the other end as well. Does Mark Wood you keep him going with a new ball or do they give it to Ollie Robinson? Maybe to get it a bit fuller and swing it a bit because she's Mark Wood with a new ball. I'd, I'd give a couple to Wood oh, yeah. to start. Well, I'd, who does Sarton Cummins want to face, Wood or Robinson? Well, I think they prefer to face Robinson, particularly Cummo because he's... Camo's bounced him a few times in this series, um, and he knows he's due a couple back. Depends which sort of fear you're talking about. <laughs> the, the, the fear of getting out or the fear of getting hurt? And we know, Bluey, which one hurts the most. <laughs> it's not the getting out, is it? <laughs> yeah. I think the thing you forget when you're playing is, like, actually how hard the ball is. Like, because you get conditioned to it, you, you know... Even when someone throws you a ball flat out, it actually hurts to yeah. catch it, but you get used to it. Yeah. Same with getting hit, but now that you're retired, it's, oh. it's, it's a missile. What other sport do you get basically amateurs, which the bowlers are as batsmen, facing world-class professionals? It just doesn't happen. You know, baseball, they don't yeah. send out the pitcher to have a hit, do they? Well, they do. In, 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 the, in the National League, they do. Well, in the National League, they yeah. do. Yeah, they do. So they, the pitcher has, to, and some are better than others. Yes. But I suppose they also, but as bowlers, they're growing up batting in the net. So at least they're, they may be not great batters, but they've got an idea. How would you explain Glenn McGrath then? Did he grow up? Well, remember when he first came to the side? He said he batted four. <laughs> Who for? Narromine. Don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah. But obviously, Narromine only had four players in the team. <laughs> Last man, he got to bat twice at eight. <laughs> uh, good by you, Tubby. <laughs> Interesting with McGrath. When he went, he used to get a stump in the nets a bit, and he bat left-handed, and he looked much better as a left-hander than a right-hander. I reckon if he'd have started off being left-handed batsman, he wouldn't look, look much better. Well, I suppose he could look much worse, but <laughs> but he, he looked much better with a left-hander with a stump in the nets. Did you have a word to him as a man in charge? We did try. But he, but he did, to be fair, he got his average. I think it was, it was hovering around two for a long time. Ended up at four. Uh, who, who doubles their average in their career? Doubled his output. Yeah. Isabel Westbury, Greg Blewett and Brad Hodge. You just look up at the scoreboard, don't you? just tick off those overs every moment. You're thinking, yep. what time is it? How long can I eke out? We saw Marcus Harris get wrapped on the fingers well, yesterday. Didn't he take some Took time? That was a beautiful play, wasn't it? <laughs> Imagine if Joe Root, might, Joe Root might do the same thing. Who knows if there's some experience in there and take a few overs out of the game. In terms of taking a bit of extra time as a batter, Hodgie, what, were you okay doing that? Because I thought I always liked my rhythm. Like, I got into a bit of a rhythm. I liked to be ready when the bowler was ready. And if I did something different, it sort of got me out of my zone a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that a little bit, no doubt. Yeah, I felt the same way. You felt that if you did something abnormal, the cricket gods would come back and bite you. <laughs> Hard enough as it is, the score runs. Mind you, I did something to stall time out of a game once, Bluey, and it was Victoria versus Queensland. And Queensland were, I think it was around five for 812. And there was eight, eight minutes to bowl the last over before end of play, and I actually picked my shoe up and threw it 50 metres in the opposite direction. <laughs> Took two minutes to go and collect the shoe. Tie it up, 
<laughs> we only bowled one over. What, was your shoe off? No, I t- actually took it off and threw it. What a disaster for England. Whoever it is, they're going to take their time. I haven't seen anyone surface yet. I mean, we waited a while for Jack Leach to enter the cauldron of the MCG. The Coliseum, as so many players have called it. Nobody fancies it. And, well, you can't blame them. No. I, I just saw uh, Stephen Smith say to Paul Rifle, the umpire, look, what's going on? And, and Paul Rifle's looking at his watch. For getting timed out. I mean, this would be quite the story if we get that far. I think someone's gone down to work out whether anyone's coming out. But nobody's, nobody right. fancies This could it. be the white flag, this, is he? This, what about the booze going around the ground? Well, the th- I think the third umpire has also made its way down there, or the fourth umpire, to check what's going on because here we go, time's ticking. There's. Who is it? It's ben Stokes? I think it's that man. There's only one man for the occasion, really. And Ben Stokes jogs out eventually into the MCG. His side already four wickets down, just 22 on the board. The only man really to have scored runs in Australia this series. Joe Root is there. And Stokes, well, we've seen heroics from him in the past and we'll need them again. I think Australia have gone to the umpires, Izzy, and asked for the extra half an hour. They, they think it might be over tonight. But they have not. <laughs> For a minute there, I thought you had me. <laughs> that was horrible. That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what. <laughs> Jack Leach, tail ender or not. That wasn't a great lead. He was Why'd betting you... on leg stump, Let's and you go. could see all three stumps, and he let it go. It was and... only cannoning into off stump for bowling round the wicket. Wow. Scott Boland... Imagine he picks up three and over the Victoria. They'll go nuts. They'll burn the, this joint down. And if it's Stokes. Woo. He already has two in the over. How long has he taken, Ben Stokes? Oh, Stokes in. How's he not timed Lights out? up. Ben Stokes. There's a minute to go. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes.